podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic state of mind It's Friday afternoon And this is the Axon Bullet And I'm Paul John Dykes And today I'm delighted to be joined by Declan McConville And Dan Stevenson Declan You're normally on on a Tuesday Why on earth were you off on Tuesday? What, what have you been up to young man? Uh, to, to not you know Crush the, the rumours that were going about I don't need to leave the country For any tax purposes I was just <laughs> Away in a very short uh, city break That my girlfriend had got me As an early birthday present So we were in uh, the the holy city uh, for a few days um, exploring Rome. Unfortunately, his holy father was not about. He's in the, the Congo, I think, just now. So I never got to see uh, Papa Francesco, but uh, we had a good time um, walking about Rome. And as always, a Celtic connection came up. We went into this wee bar um, that I'd been recommended to. A friend of mine's over there at the Scots College and up in the gantry as a, a sticker. A Billy McNeil lift in the European Cup, so it's literally everywhere we go. Um, so always Love a Celtic it. connection anywhere you go in the world, which I'm sure Dan gets all the time over in Oz. Absolutely. Now the thing is, Declan, when you're in Scotland, uh, you've got everybody on speed dial. Do you have Papa Francesco on speed dial? Are you still working no. on that one, mate? Yeah, that's what I need to work on. Um, yes. Although I don't think uh, his English is too hot either, so if we were to ever get a chat, I might need to kind of pull out the old Latin or uh, Italian if I'm ever to get that opportunity. I'll tell you something, I wouldn't bet against it, Declan McConville. And as you quite rightly said, you've been in Italy this week and we are speaking to Dan over in Australia. It's been a while since you've been on. How are you going, mate? Yeah, g'day, gents. Yeah. Uh, very good, thank you. I don't have Papa Postacoglu on Sweden yet, but you know that <laughs> might be something down the line. But very good. Uh, great to join you again. You did, jo- you did meet him, didn't you? I've seen a picture of you, a wee selfie. Yeah, I was over there in August and caught a game at Celtic Park and uh, he was walking away after the game and I've yelled out, hey, Andrew, I'm over from Sydney and he did come back for a bit of a chat and a photo. So, no, it was very good to be there. That is superb. Did you get a chance to see them in the flesh, Dan, when we came over for the Sydney Cup in November? I did, yeah. I did catch the Everton game. I missed the first one against Sydney FC, but uh, there was a lot of festivities here. The Sydney City CSC had a lot of... uh, events on and things around the games all the Irish pubs were were packed in the city it was great there must have been over 40,000 at the Everton game so it was uh, great great to see them out here and all the sort of circus that came along with it it was great absolutely I mean I've spoken to a lot of Celts uh, who have that connection to Australia of course and Celtic as a club I think um, this is maybe the first steps of us doing things like that more regularly. I hope it is. I understand summertime is difficult with Champions League qualifiers, but um, that obviously changed this season. And hopefully it will be a change for the better in years to come so that we can go and engage with our fan bases all over the world. I'm pretty sure there's plans, Declan, to go over and do something similar in Japan. Yeah, it was interesting. I caught up with a South Korean journalist last week and I was chatting to him about, you know, the... The opportunities that, that that brings, obviously bringing in whole 
O um, to the club uh, just at the end of that window there. And he was telling me that every um, you know South Korean international player, no matter what league they're playing in, that their games will be televised live on TV. So, mm. you know, a lot of footballers will come out with that usual kind of pattern of oh, watch them in the television and blah, blah, blah. But when O was saying about watching Chadurri and Kisa going at Celtic, it, it was genuine because... They're, they're played in live TV. You can watch it. It's, it's like us watching, you know, a Spanish football just now on ITV4 or whatever. So great potential in a new market in South Korea with, with Oh Hyungu. And then obviously uh, our J League contingent there. So that there's great opportunities to be had with that, much like Australia. And then further afield, looking obviously Ireland, America. Um, mm. It's time, I think, that Celtic start to, to grow that brand. And embrace it, you're right. I mean, if you think back to that time when Italian football was in Channel 4 and it introduced a hell of a lot of people to the game and they're still involved and interested in the Italian game to this day, it just shows you the power of that uh, media and that coverage, absolutely. We're going to be talking, this is an interesting comment coming in early from Danielle because we were just chatting, Danielle, about this before we went live. Afternoon to you, uh, just feeling grateful just now that we have a manager like Ange. Always get excited to watch this team no matter who the opposition is. But we're just saying, Danielle, that uh, we're living in the moment at the moment. I certainly am with Ange Postecoglou because I don't want to think about the eventualities uh, that happen with every manager and every player that comes to Celtic. I'm just enjoying the moment. But Dan, um, yourself and some of your um, compatriots will have known all about Ange. You knew that we shouldn't have been worried back in the day. Um, Watching it from afar, how's it been for yourself? Very satisfying and Every week, just the love that he gets from the fans and the respect and the sort of backtracking by a lot of fans who wrote him off early doors is satisfying and I don't want to give it the I told you so. However, the first few months were frustrating. It was, I banged at this point a lot before that, the the way that the Scottish media, the, the Celtic fans looked down on Ange and, and everything Australasia was strange and it was a frustrating time. Mm. It reminded me a lot of how the English look at the Scots and the Scottish game and my, the tin pot, my nan's league, etc. And that was then in turn reflected on everything Australia, everything Asia. And you're like, hang on a minute, this is what you guys get you know, so angry about mm-hmm. and now you're doing it to us. And that was frustrating. Had to give up social media for a few months and then it slowly come back and to see him do as well as he's done, it, it's beyond expectation. Angie's a serial winner, but I couldn't have imagined in my wildest dreams the, the love he gets at the moment. Just every game, the, the fans chanting his name to uh, Papa Francesco. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's awesome. I love it. It is awesome. And you're right. It's an interesting point, that Declan, how we do get that kind of attitude from others um, in relation to the Scottish game, yet we were guilty. Many of us were guilty of doing that when, when Ange came along. Yeah, I, I think just at that point in time, everybody was on kind of strings with the, the season that had went past in us. Um, it's a lot of, you know, probably snobbery that we just didn't know too much about. Aussie football, really, you know, the only time I would ever say I've kind of watched anything to do with Australia football, why is it World Cups or whatever? But talking to the likes of Peter Grant and other people have said, you know, everybody knew about Ange if you're in football, because it was really just the, the punters or sell that didn't know mm-hmm. anything about him. But like, like any Celtic manager that came in at the time, I, I said that, I think I was on the pod the day that he was officially announced eventually, which again was a frustration. Um, the, the drawn out process, everything that had preceded it, with Eddie Howe and all that stuff, um, which I, you know, I think was unfair to Ange himself for all that to be going in the background. I just wish that he would have been number one candidate at the time, and that would have probably made the situation a wee bit easier. But you know, I, I'm so so happy for the, the way it's worked out for him because you know, I, I think in the heart of hearts, every Celtic fan, no matter who came in that door at that point in time, we wanted him to be a success and we wanted to get back to the top. That looked a far way off um, at that particular point in time, but we we came back swinging. We did. I'm going to have to watch that uh, broadcast back, actually, Declan. It's always interesting to go back and um, have a good laugh at myself and uh, some of the <laughs> I comments. Had the I had behind me, so I, I'm, I'm not one of them. I was not one of the skeptics. You did so have I'm... the boomerang. I remember that. You had yeah. the boomerang yeah. behind you, yes. <laughs> um, I think what I said at the time was that it was a gamble. It was a gamble. Now, if it was, 
Um, we've won the jackpot with Ange Postacoglu. That that much is for sure. We're also going to be talking about um, your countryman Aaron Moy uh, again. Skepticism when he comes in, Dan, and and he has proved the skeptics wrong. How impressed have you been, Mum? Yeah, lately very good. Uh, I wasn't Aaron Moy's biggest fan, to be honest with you. I thought he was a bit slow and maybe just a bit past it. He had that amazing World Cup and he sort of brought that form in the the last what was it seven games or so he's he's really sort of stamped that you know McGregor Hatade and who's that third midfielder we're always going to have and 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 Moy has the jersey at the moment I think but you know Riley he's gone off it a little bit now he's come back with the game a few days ago and even maybe him being out for a few weeks has, has done the world of good for him as well. Yeah, that you're right. It was Hatati, McGregor, and A and other Declan. And we're talking about uh, the possibility of Ange tweaking the Celtic side for McDermott Park. Uh, there's a couple of changes the other night. And when he's making those changes, they're, they're small changes. He's not making wholesale changes. Um, when it comes to the game against St. Johnston, however, Declan, what do you reckon the makeup of that midfield's going to be? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I always try and look for kind of a, a hint from the, the, the team before. So Dyson, for instance, I know that's not midfield, but played the 90 minutes. And Wednesday against Livingston, Paul. So whether he's going to come in again or a bad or whatever, Joe Toss, which over that side, you just don't know. Midfield-wise, again, you know, Matt O'Reilly comes in after Moy had a, a great game up at Tannadice. O'Reilly plays, I think, 60-odd minutes. Looked a wee bit back to his, his old form when he plays that stunning ball over the top to Kyogo for the goal. Um, so I'd probably bring Aaron Moy back in for the midfield. But again, it's when the chance, you know, Iwata's slowly starting to come onto the park. I know it's only been small cameos. Will that maybe come in a St Mern game? Are we going to see him get a wee bit more chunk of minutes tomorrow? Um you just don't know. And obviously David Turnbull's always in the equation. Uh, uh, some game team there, whether that will come against St Mern. But for me going into Sunday, I, I would stick with McGregor, Hitati and Moy. I, I just think the, the balance in there of that is really, really nice just now. And uh, they just, you know, when you're up against an opposition like Livingston the other night, it can be really, really frustrating. But Taylor in there, Hitati goes into these pockets of space. Moy mm. recycles the ball so well. And he comes on and O'Reilly played really well the other night. And then McGregor's just... Callum McGregor, you know, he's here there and everywhere for Celtic. So, Sunday, I'd bring Aaron Moy back into the the team. But just kind of on that point of being a gamble, Paul, it was somebody I found interesting because I'd obviously watched him a lot, Premier League-wise, match of the day, Brighton, Huddersfield. Um, and then when we signed him, it was, I know a lot of people were kind of saying, you know, is this Celtic working in the cheap again here because we were getting a player who had went through a, a bad situation in China due to the pandemic mm-hmm. and was in a, you know, they brought him in and we all maybe thought, yeah, he's going to go into that kind of deeper role, that'll let McGregor push up, but he's excelled the expectations, you know, he's practically playing as a number 10 just now and for me, if you're, you're picking Celtic's strongest midfield three at this particular point in time, I'd have Aaron Moy, Aaron Moy in there. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because um, the two players, and I've said that Ange was pretty ruthless with this one, Dan. The two players that kind of left at the end of last season, um, Tommy Rogic and uh, Nir Beaton, raised a few eyebrows. Uh, it took uh, Tommy a while to get a club, and that obviously uh, finished his World Cup dreams as well. But we were losing two really experienced players there, and as Declan says, some people were looking at Aaron Moy saying, we're, we're doing this on the cheap. But at the time, um, my own knowledge of the player was that he had certain elements of Beaton and certain elements of Rogic in him. Um, and it's almost like, and this is a bold statement, you're kind of replacing those two players, not insofar as uh, the game time, because Moy hasn't been a first pick all season. But there were certain elements of Moy's play that uh, were reminiscent of near Beaton, you know, the defensive qualities. And But he still loves a, a defence-splitting pass. I mean, that cross for Jota against Dundee United was probably the pass of the season. Um, so it might not have been a surprise to yourself, but what about the, the departure of Tom Rogic? Was that a surprise for you? Yeah, I, I, I'm still not over it, to be honest. It's, you've opened up a huge, huge wound for me. I think I'm... Um, Tom Rogic is the biggest fan, to be honest. I have my little shrine here with uh, lots of memorabilia of Tom. Got to meet him four times, I think. Not that I'm counting, and I definitely have showered since. Um, huge hole. Uh, a huge hole for Moy to fill out. As you said, with Beton, uh, the last few years dropped off a little bit, but 
is it a combination of both their best attributes in one? When we signed Moy, you would ask me that. I would have said no. Mm-hmm. However, he's uh, he's certainly come into things, uh, especially lately. That, like you said, that ball he played for Jordan was was phenomenal, and he does love that uh, love a pass that opens up the defense as well. Uh, back to Tom, it, it was surprising. I, I thought he might have had one more year left in him. I thought he had maybe another season of sort of helping with the transition of getting these new midfielders in. Uh, the World Cup stuff, that's a funny one. I don't, I don't know much about that, why he made himself unavailable for the last few qualifiers. I don't really know what went on behind the scenes there. Definitely strange because he was in the squads before before this the little spat he had with, with Graham Arnold. So would love to know what went on behind closed doors. Uh, but... Yeah, take Aaron Moy. He's got no hair. He's Aussie, and he's got a cool song. So we'll take that all day. <laughs> he does. One one last point on Tom Rogic because it is another, like you say, it's an old wound. Um, with regards to his international career, then Dan, is it over? Do you think he can come back? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. As much as as much as I love the bloke, uh, I, I don't think he can get himself back in there. They've. They're looking at these young sort of dynamic midfielders now. The, the A-League is is getting more players now, getting signed by, by teams in stronger competitions now, which is which is good for us, which is good for the Australian game to have these young fellows overplaying their trade in Europe. Uh, I don't think there's a way back for Tom stuck in the championship in England in a tin-pot championship league. Yeah. I mean, what a gas to that. We spoke during the week about the ruthlessness, uh, Declan, that I guess was evident with the, the ending of two careers that almost spanned 20 years combined. You know, we're talking about testimonials for Tom Rogic and <laughs> Nir Beaton. But um, Ange Postacoglu was able to to see through the sentimentality of it and he made the decision. It was a bold decision. But there has been a ruthlessness. And I think we've even seen it in this transfer window with the likes of Abel Gar and uh, Maurice Jens. Completely different because they're on loan. But he, he does have that about him, doesn't he? That that streak that I think a lot of great managers has. Well, Jockstein, you know, did it, and a lot of people said he shouldn't have did it with the the, the lines at that point in time and letting players go at twenty eight and twenty nine, mm-hmm. um, to bring through the quality seat gang. So, don't let him compare them both of them. Um, but as a, a trait that some managers, you know, have, Sir Alex Ferguson, another one, um, famous for doing it, but. The good thing about it, Paul, is any time we've seen, you know, Rogic, for instance, a lot of people, when Matt O'Reilly came in the door, were saying, you know, have you seen both these guys in the same room as each other? We'd already got the kind of like-for-like younger version of him in before Rogic has departed the building. Whether Adiguchi was that replacement for Beaton at the time and the manager knew that, we don't really know. Um, We've seen as, you know, then bring an Avogard, didn't work out eventually a Wata. We hope that that's the one that, that works out. And then again, you know, if you're even looking at Juranovic and Yakimakis who played such a huge part for his last season we had both replacements in the door before they left I know mm-hmm. one's still not officially departed um, but even though we're being ruthless you, when you're ruthless you still need to make sure the replacements there which we've did which is I think the most pleasing aspect about it all Oh, it definitely is. Now, you mentioned the quality sheet gang, a brilliant link to this jersey behind me. You might not be able to make out the signature, but that is the one and only Daniel Fergus McGrain that signed that jersey. And we are doing an event with Danny at the end of March in Gracie's in Glasgow. And I've had a report this morning, an update that there are 14 tickets left for this event, two VIP still available on the link underneath this video, and 12 general tickets, 14 tickets left. And that jersey, signed by Danny, um, and probably uh, reminding you of Love Street 1986, I would guess, that will go to one of the ticket buyers. Uh, Once that's sold out, we'll do a draw. Uh, We get access to all the email addresses of all the ticket buyers, and one lucky ticket buyer will be sent this signed jersey from Danny McGrain, and that will be sent at the beginning of next week. So buy the tickets, let's get it sold out. Um, we'll get that jersey out to one lucky winner. Um, the Urban Culture comes in. Good to see you, sir. Uh, give minutes to the new guys once the game is secured. We especially need O to be up to speed for Hamden. That's a good point. And uh, we've got Alan Robertson. Welcome back to the, the show, Alan. Only one change from Wednesday for, for him. Hacksaw in for Jota. Jota isn't as effective on the right. And I think Maeda will be needed to chase and close down their back line. Thoughts? Well, I'll throw this one to yourself, Dan. Haksabanovic. I think he showed some really good 
um, signs in the kind of first half of the season, albeit fleeting. And I had categorised them as a guy who would maybe make an impact in the second half of the season. Injuries, unfortunately, have derailed that a wee bit. Would you be making that change for Sunday, Dan? It's a, it's a bit strange with, with Haksavanovic. Like you said, he, he made those few moments early doors and he's kind of gone a bit MIA, as you said, a few injuries, things like that. I thought he'd get a, be getting a few more minutes than what he's got uh, so far. Um, would I chuck him in? Oh, man, I, I can't drop Jota. I love Jota. His mullet, you know, wannabe mullet is so good. Oh, I'd keep Jota... I'd keep it the same and I'd have Sorry Dan Uh, I'd just have the heart Yeah No worries No you're back You're back mate You were just saying about your love of Jota's mullet (laughs) It's it's, Have you seen Have you seen the photo of I think it's like 1980s Poster Coglu and I think Jota's just trying to look like that It's frightening I'm I'm here for it Yeah (laughs) It is frightening, and but you know there are certain people in this world, there are certain specimens in this world, Declan, who can pull these things off. And if anyone in a Celtic jersey can pull it off, it is our man Jota. Um, I mean, is he effect- as effective on the right hand side? I think the argument for me would be whoever's playing left back determines who plays on the left side for me because. Um, if it's Bernabe, you need someone with the engine of Maeda, with the defensive qualities of Maeda. Mm-hmm. If it's Taylor, you can play Jota in front of him. Because I love Jota. He's phenomenal. He's an entertainer. But he doesn't have the same defensive qualities, does he, Dick, as Dyson Maeda? No, he, he certainly doesn't. Um, one thing I do like about, you know, but whenever Jota, Maeda, Haxibanovic has got in his locker, lesser so... A badder again. He's still young. As you've got that versatility, is something that I've asked them all about. I think that I've, I've had the chance to speak to them. Whether they're quite happy doing that in games. You see them do switch wings. It's the old Neil Lennon thing, you know, that switch the wingers. But it does. It is effective for us um, when you've got that quality um, up top. So, you know, with Jota, there is a probably an argument to say he's more effective in the left hand side. But I always think he's a quality player, and you want to have him on the pitch for you to, to be effective but with Haksibanovic it's it is strange because I remember just before the Aberdeen game he was November's player of the year he got awarded it that day he did the presser and then you know nowhere to be seen for Pataudry came back I think for one of the midweeks and then just you know no real kind of big chunk of game time so maybe maybe the St Martin game's a time for that um, he was quite effective the last time he played up at McDermott Park but Again, he didn't come off the bench, I don't think, midweek, so maybe you know he could be thrown in for this type of game. And again, you've still got James Forrest kicking about in the, the background too. Well, that that's interesting because I'm going to get to that point of leadership when we were talking there about uh, Tommy Rogic and Nir Beaton leaving and, and the experience that left the building at that time. The timing, uh, you felt, might have been premature, but Ange obviously thought the squad was ready to take that hit. Um, I want to talk about that because I was watching a really interesting interview this morning talking about that great Manchester United side of the 1990s. Um, Gary Neville was talking about how Alex Ferguson built a a team and a culture within the dressing room that uh, when you were in a tunnel and you were going out and in front of you were the likes of uh, Roy Keane, Peter Schmeichel and Dennis Irwin, um, you know, it's almost as if you couldn't feel you felt safe. And I think that that was my biggest concern when Ange came in. We didn't really have that leadership, did we? We didn't have a, a number of players. So you can see that he kept Beaton and he kept Rogic, um, not just for their ability, but for their experience and their leadership. We bring in Joe Hart and James McCarthy, who bring in a, a bit of experience. And by the end of that season, Dan, maybe Ange felt confident enough that that dressing room had galvanised uh, sufficiently and we were able to lose a wee bit of that experience. But now you're looking at the team. Jamesy Forrest, he doesn't play every week, but he's important because he brings that to the, the dressing room and to the training park. We've got um, Hart and we've got McGregor. But it's McGregor I want to focus on because, you know, it looked as though he might have broken his nose. Um, he obviously had that terrible um, cheekbone kind of eye socket injury last season. Um, but he's a player that over the last kind of six seasons has virtually been an ever-present. But it's easy to forget just how impactful he is in the side. Um, he celebrated his 400th appearances. He's now made 401. And he's 29, coming into the side pretty late at the age of 21. But how important, I mean, how pivotal is he to Ange Postacoglu, Dan? I think he just keeps it ticking, doesn't he? He just 
everything he does is to him it looks at ease and he just floats by, keeps the cogs turning, just keeps it ticking over for us. And and we've seen this year that when when the team needs to be grabbed by the scruff of the neck and they kick up the butt, he's been one of the ones who, who has grabbed the game by the scruff and you see against uh, against Rangers that that run he made with the He's hopefully got at least another three to four years on him. Let's give him another two, three hundred games. He's just his captaincy as well has really taken me aback. You know, there was a big hole again from Scott Brown leaving mm-hmm. leaving that role, and, and and McGregor didn't come across as one of these blokes who who could take take the fight. But he does it in his own way, and he he gets by. He's just a, a pillar of fitness as well. Give him another three hundred. You know this, right? I'm going to ask Declan this question because anybody that's tuned into Axon on a regular basis or even semi-regular will realise that I'm obsessed with that kind of thing, the, the figures and the 500 appearances. And I was looking at it this morning, um, Declan, because JP and I touched on it yesterday, that if um, Callum McGregor was to maintain the, I don't even know, you know, the expected goals and all that kind of data that we get, what about yep. expected appearances, right? So if we were to do that over the last six seasons, okay? You would expect him to be playing 52 games a season. How how long he can do that, I'm not sure. I mean, he's not, he is a machine, but he is only human, right? But Scott Brown did it, didn't he? Scott Brown consistently played that 50 games a season right up until he left at the age of 36. How many seasons do you think McGregor can maintain that for Declan? He's very different, he's Scott Brown. I think we all know that. Um, as you touched on there, Paul, you know, he didn't really, you know, break into kind of professional football later on in his career. So so that to the back end yet should have hopefully saved his legs a wee bit. So maybe 36, he might go a wee bit further on. We don't know what football's going to be like in seven-year time. You know, you're looking at some professionals now who are now chapping in the door at 40 mm. and still playing football. Um, he is a machine. And as long as he continues to look after himself, which he will do, there's no reason why he just can't keep that type of level up at Celtic. And at 29, you're probably looking at a different, you know, what Dan was saying there. I think there's even been a different element to his game that Sonny didn't expect him to have. You know, he's added to his game. The manager's made him a better player. And the other thing in that context, you know, when you're talking about appearances and whatnot, is what Callum McGregor and James Forrest, who obviously is a wee bit older, are going to end up with when it comes to, to, mm. to medals. Because if we end up with the expected medals, we know that, that Bobby Lennox is Celtic's all-time uh, record holder when it comes to medals. But these two guys ain't too far behind. James Forrest a wee bit closer. Um, both are a lot closer to Scott Brown. I think Forrest might only be one or two off Scott Brown at this point in time. So when you're looking at that, um, it's pretty interesting to, to, to think about. you know. And if McGregor keeps on going for you know, to say Brown seven years and it's another you know if we go two average uh, trophies a season another 14 I think he's got about 14 he could end up the, he could end up the, the British record for, for trophies at this it's point incredible. it's incredible we're talking about uh, expected trophies and expected appearances we're just making it up as we go along down here right um, but that that is a sensational now I didn't check this before we came on but how many how many medals does Bobby have then Declan the most celebrated I'm, I'm decorated 25 major honours. 25, right, 25. Like Billy 23 and Scott mm-hmm. Brown's 21 off the top of my head. Right, and um, McGregor's got 17, right? So 17. What about Forrest? Is he 20 yet? Has he got, he's uh, got 20? He might be 19. I'm trying to think. So if McGregor, McGregor made his debut 2014. Forrest came in, debut 2010. We won the Scottish Cup in 2011. The league in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Aye, maybe two or three more, and then another league title. Aye, two or three more. So maybe Forrest is nineteen or twenty. It's astonishing. Now, bear with me for a second. Humour me for a second. If he, if if Callum McGregor is to reach the heights of Scott Brown, who made six hundred and nineteen appearances for Celtic, he's going to have to play right up until season twenty twenty six twenty seven. Right. So that includes this year one, two, three, four, another five seasons. I, I, you know, at, during that season, he'll turn thirty three. 
That's doable, right? I think that's doable. No so he's going to be there or thereabouts, um, I think is what we're saying. And Ange called him a legend. And who are we arguing? I'm not arguing with Ange, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Dan, uh, Declan gets the opportunity to speak quite regularly, actually, to Ange Postacoglu. And you know this, Dec, I've never spoken to him yet. You know the press conferences we go to? Uh, yep. Generally speaking, it will be someone else who... You know, like James, for example, who's studying journalism and media. I just think it would benefit him a lot more to go and speak to the gaffer. Um, but you have spoken to him a fair few times, Declan. Um, how do you feel going into that? Is there any kind of element of nerves, anxiousness uh, when you're going in to speak to the big fella? Yeah, I, I, I think the the biggest lesson that, that any of us, I think, in fan media particularly have taken, and none of us have really did it, is... Don't ask a daft question because you get a bad answer back. Um, so, I mean, I mean, the one other week when he was asked about, you know, if he thought VAR after three months in Scottish football was a good thing, and he says to her, you know, um, I think you've missed my last three press conferences. I think everybody knows what my opinion is. We'll just leave it there. Just don't ask the gaffer a, a, a bad question. Um, when you, you set him up for something, you know, in terms of, an answer that's going to be prevalent to Celtic fans, he'll always give you a good answer. Yeah. I don't think I've ever got a bad answer often. I've asked him, you know, on a number of occasions when, when things have happy, uh, when it happened, you know, just after Frank McGarvey passed away and he, he gave a really, you know, touching tribute after uh, the, the game that day. Um, I think we'd beaten Kilmarnock that day 2-0 um, and it wasn't one for the one of trying to score more goals, so... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, if you're not in there, as the Celtic fan media are not, to, to catch the manager out, you will always get a good answer out of them. If you're trying to do that, just just don't even try because it's, it's not worth your while. Now, that, that actual question, Dan, that, that Declan refers to um, went pretty viral on the socials. Um, and I'm wondering over where you are, how, you know, much broadcasting does Ange get? How much time does he get on your, your main channels, it's... et cetera? It's certainly a lot better than what it was. I can remember over the last sort of 10 years being frustrated when you turn on our equivalent of, of Sky Sports News and the sort of roundup of, of Scottish football or Celtic Rangers would be like last. Let's be honest, it'd be last on the broadcast. Whereas last season, it, it was front and centre. It was getting picked up by all sorts of um, media over here and, and, and even sort of talk shows that weren't really football related or had real no interest in football. And next thing, it's, it's everywhere. So a lot of people over here, Celtic fans, Australian-based Celtic fans and, and Aussies as well were just frothing over, you know, front centre, Ange Postacoglu. This is what happened. Here's the highlights. Here's him having the media on toast as well. Um, in regards to Declan getting to speak to him a lot, one would say he's a very lucky man as, um, as Ange is. <laughs> Yeah, and Paul, he is, Paul he is a very lucky man. Like the verb a lot. I don't know if you do as well, Dan. So, um, no, he definitely is that lucky old Celtic. I promised. Yeah, yeah I've got the lucky. I, I did say this yesterday. I promised to move it there. I've got the lucky man print. Green and white, as it was as well, ironically enough, from the Verve. Um, so we've got a lot of the regulars coming in. Hail, hail to you, uh, Kate Matsu. Always great to see you on the YouTube comments. And we've got Jerry, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your surname, Orawi. Who knows? Um, apologies, but welcome to the show in any case. Les Paul's, uh, Paul Styled. Happy Friday, everyone. It is a happy Friday. We're looking forward to every single game as it comes in. 
Hail, hail, boys and girls from the underwater cabbage salesman. Um, but Beach Boy comes in. Uh, it's more important hacks are a bad at me that will really tailor, get minutes back into them, than the new sign-ins, you reckon. Can't force them. They will be ready when they're ready. Um, we were talking about the, the kind of potential lineup um at the weekend, and Kobayashi had kind of been introduced. Awata had been introduced a wee bit, Declan. Do you agree with these, this point coming through here? They're guys that... You know, they've got a wee bit more time on their side. We won't see much more of them until maybe deeper into the second half of the season. Possibly. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that the manager's, you know, been quick to, to give away his debut and then he's came on another night. He's obviously one who he thinks is right up to speed. We've seen Kobayashi uh, start a couple of games. Uh, Johnson has been seamless, you know, real credit to him since coming in. Um, really big boots to fill with, with, with Judah going out the door, but Johnson coming in, I think he's been absolutely exceptional um, since coming in off the back of the World Cup and whatnot. So, Iwata uh, is the only one who we've not really got to see too much of as of yet. Um, but I think there's probably a point in that. You know, you could see at Tannadice and Sunday that Taylor had been out for a few weeks and it's important to get him back up to, to speed. That goes for Haxabanovich or O'Reilly, obviously, in that conversation there, who, you know, has been kind of ever changing with uh, Aaron Moy at this point in time. So, I think it's just all about balance, but the manager will change the team. Um, and it, it's good at this point in time, just kind of looking at February as a whole, Paul. I don't think we've got one midweek game at all. So that, that allows for more time in the training park. Um, we know that the players enjoy getting to work with the manager out there. Um, and of course, you know, a cup game at home in St Martin, followed by Aberdeen in the cup final. Players will be wanting to chap at that door for that cup final. There's not many too, there's not too many opportunities to try and uh, impress the gaffer. So, it's an exciting time just now to be a Celtic fan. Mm, for sure. Dan, we've, we've spoken about the Australian national side already today. And um, I wonder, in terms of ambitions, uh, and this is obviously once Ange has led us to another nine in a row in a European <laughs> final and all this, um, do you think he still has an ambition to return to the national side at some point in the future? Yes, this has been asked many times in the last year. Uh, I don't know if he's burnt the bridge with the powers that be, not saying that was his fault. I think he wasn't happy with the setup and what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, I'm sure he has the desire to, to do it. Whether that will come to fruition is is anyone's guess. Uh, he walked not. I wouldn't say he walked out on them, but he he told them to get stuffed. You know, a week before you know major major tournament mm. after leading them to it, and whatever happened was was bad enough for him to walk away from that. So has that relationship been burnt? Probably. Uh, would he still hold desires to do it? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I think that when you give that insight, Dan, it fills me with dread, to be honest. With you. <laughs> not, not because he might have the ambition, but he's so... I'm not even going to use the word uh, ruthless in this respect, Declan, but he's so single-minded that you want that boat to be steady all the time. And I think that a lot of the concerns around the return of Peter Lowell as a chairman, albeit a completely different role, obviously, uh, were around you know the imposing, domineering figure that Peter Lowell has been at Celtic. You just didn't want the, the boat to be rocked. It's been laid down in front of us that um, there's a very good relationship there between the two. Mm. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I do think that keep this guy happy. Keep him happy, Declan. <laughs> Whatever it takes, keep Ange Postecoglou happy. He's not here for the money. He's not here for all that kind of stuff. Uh, so just keep him happy because he is so single-minded and, and he's shown that previously when he was the, the manager of the national side. Yeah, I mean, there's been a, a good working relationship between Peter and, and Ange as far as I'm aware ever since, you know, Ange came in the door at Celtic. Um, so so that's there and hopefully that r- remains the same and, and obviously that lessons um, within the building at board level have been learned since the COVID season, obviously, we have a, a, a new chief executive in Michael Nicholson who's did a great job up until now um, in that role. But no, absolutely, keep the manager happy, give him what he wants. Um, he's a top, top manager. He's taken Celtic to another level, you know, all, all those years without Champions League football. We get, we get back there under Ange. Um, he's certainly the guy I think we all want to be leading our football club at this point in time and just, you know, definitely keep him happy because, uh, you know, just not too far long ago you've seen what happens if you you make some bad mistakes and what can happen to you so absolutely and as 
stance of the Arlena is a serial winner and will continue to be as long as he's at Celtic. Yeah. Well, I'd like to th- I'd like to think that he appreciates where he's at. His dream of going to Europe was gone in his head. So for him to to be where he's at, uh, to have a good relationship, the fans, I'd like to think he appreciates that and it's not going to take some small fish club to take him away. If he's going to go, it's it's going to have to be someone big yeah. to lure him away. He'll, he'll have the ambition again. I, I, as pain, painful as it is to say, he will have eyes on the prem. He's not going to Everton or anywhere like that. He'll be going to, I think, a top six, if not top four club when, when the time's right. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's a perfect fit. He's got ambitions. Um, it's certainly nowhere near the finished product in terms of what I'm just trying to achieve. And the last time I felt we could do something in Europe was under Martin O'Neill. I never felt we could do it under Brendan Rodgers. I never had that aspiration. I always had the aspiration. I never felt that it was achievable. Um, but I did under O'Neill, and I do have the feeling under Ange. I'm really looking forward to next season. Um, James Devine, let's have a little chat about Batman today again. Uh, well, you know, we will need to wait until John Paul is back on um, on a Thursday because our discussions could cover things like Batman. You just never know. Uh, one minute we're talking about Celtic, then we're talking about Bruce Wayne. Um, Lanky67, I just seen this not long ago. There's going to be an improvement with VAR. Refs will have a mic during the game and report to the fans about what's going on, just like they do in the rugby. Now, I'm guessing that the, the VAR controversy, Dan, has travelled all the way over to Australia. I mean, what are you making of this? It's been a bit uh, of a farce. Oh, mate, at the end of the day, like, oh, I know what's going on. You know what's going on. We all know what's going on. All our other hats are tinfoil. I mean, it, it's just going in roundabouts. It's a circus. Is anybody ever going to be held accountable for the decisions that are being made? Probably not. So we can get as angry as we can at it. It's an absolute joke, but will will something change? Probably not. You know, the, the, the one thing that um, I felt had made an impact was the fact that, he, you know, it had been called out, Declan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ange called it out. The club, um, I don't know if the meeting has taken place. I'm guessing it has taken place with the authorities uh, so that they can talk about how poorly implemented this system has been. Um, but Ange just kind of made it known that he said everything he's going to say about it. I, I prefer it when he's calling it out, Declan. Do you think we'll have a return to that? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that, if it's introduced, I think it's just going to make matters worse. Um Scottish football has the cheap version of R and I think it'll always continue to the cheap version of R until, you know, it's just we've went into something where the technology that we've installed is not adequate at all. We've got people that, that run it who are just a complete incompetent um, and, and there's also a, a portfolio track record there that, you know, decisions against Celtic are very common compared to other teams, one specific team in the league that we all know who that is um, compared to, you know, when they're being refed and European club competitions. So, you know, that's there as a, a portfolio of work. But, I mean, you know, going back to just using another team example, I watched Hibs Motherwell the other week. The, mm. I think it was 3-2 it finished. And it was a, the same bloody camera angle that we'd had with Jota with the offside goal. And right. you think, you know, that then, I think Nisbet was chopped off for it. And it's just like, you know, there's no lessons being learned here at all. It's just, it's just you know... I don't like going on about it, but it's it's absolutely hopeless, um, and I don't see any way it's going to be improved. And the game the other night, Paul, as well, you know, it was a decent turnout Wednesday night at Celtic Park, and see every time after we score a goal, and it's taking the delay of three minutes or whatever, it's really taking the zap out of it, and you're thinking to yourself, when we're celebrating, you know, whoever's in that control room parked up doing at Shawfield, because as you say, you know, that they parked off too far away in the big van, they're getting four or five replays before, so what's the extra two or three minutes? Is it to, to you know, calm tensions? I really don't get it, but it's it's ruining the game. And I think that one of the things that Pierce through the end said was the people that are being forgotten about with VAR is the fans, and yeah. that is taking the experience away for supporters that are paying their hard-earned cash to go and watch their football team, no matter what team that is. I totally, totally agree with that because Ange always does focus on the fans and the emotional element and the attachment that we've got to a football club, Dan. I mean, a lot of people, he has said it's the highlight of their week. You know, they've got a hard-working uh, life and they go and they um, enjoy the celebratory nature of a, a, a victory or a goal. But it is, it's pulling that away. You know, the spontaneity, you're, you're, 
you're second guessing, you're keeping your eye on what's happening on VAR. Um, and, you know, Ange has mentioned that he has experienced VAR in the past. I mean, what's been your experience of it? It's not done as badly as this elsewhere, is it? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's just it's laughable at times, the stupid camera angles, the delays. You've hit the nail on the head. It's an absolute farce and it beggars belief some of the decisions that are being made. Um, Ange calling it out, is that going to help it? I don't, again, I don't think so. It's just going to continue on. And then we see the sort of flip side where we get a rubbish penalty and now, oh, look, look, you see you get them too. So... It's from one day to the next. It's just an absolute um, clown show, probably is the best word. It is, yet again, in Scottish football. Paddy Olavery, congratulations, sir. You've just found out that you're going to be a granddad. Uh, you're a long-time viewer of the show. You came and seen us in person at Gracie's when Brian McClare was on the stage. So well done to you, and I hope everybody is safe and well uh, in Ardoin as well. I want to talk about Greg Taylor. Here's a guy, Declan, who had been written off time and time again. Um, and under Ange Postecoglou's guidance, he has become a very, very important part of the Celtic team. A lot of people are saying he's a player of the year so far. Most improved, certainly, under Ange Postecoglou. He is up there. Um, and I think that there's also the uh, the cult aspect of him now with the fat boy comments making their way <laughs> onto T-shirts, etc. And scarves. Um, are they on scarves as well? Yes, right? uh, that was a shout the other night walking up Jane Field Street, you know, new, new scarf there, get your, shut your whole fat boy in the scarves. So <laughs> they've even made their way to the scarves. Oh, my word. Um, as I say, iconic um, it has become. Is he the most improved player under Ange Postecoglou, Declan? Probably, yeah. Um, I know Tony Nelson's probably in that conversation when you're talking about it, but just in terms of somebody that's, you know, First choice pick there every week had came through that bad season, you know, that I, I spoke about earlier on uh, and been there um, when he'd been written off. I, I think he's a real top, top player. The What I like about him, Paul, is when he, he plays for Celtic, you see Hatati's game go to a different level because he picks up those pockets of space and that left-hand side, there's a great interlink between him and Dyson um, or whoever's in that left-hand side, really. Um but, you know, I, I would say he's my player of the year. But again, it's very hard to argue against Kyogo at this point in time due to the amount of goals he's scored. Um, because, you know, you're in a completely different position if he's not hit 18 goals in the league. But for me, I think it's going to be a coin toss between Kyogo and Greg Taylor. And there's other guys like Callum McGregor, who we spoke about earlier, and Cameron Carter-Vickers, both missed their consistence. Um, and then, you know, towards the back end of the season, I think Aaron Moy's probably even going to win that conversation. Yeah, if he can keep it up. I mean... Greg Taylor, for me, was a, a player that you know, the left-back position following the departure of Kieran Tierney was always going to be a difficult one, Dan. And uh, people are looking at the the hero that was Kieran Tierney and um, you know everybody else that tries to come in will be on a very short leash with the Celtic fan base, and I totally get it. But you know, I just think that he's stuck to his guns, has uh, Taylor. He's been you know, introduced to a new position with the inverted fullback position. He's absolutely embraced it. And then he pops up and does things like he did the other night with that strike, which was tremendous. And he's another one who I would never have thought, I would never have thought would have been one of the experienced-looking kind of players who leads. But he does. He's started to fit that mould as well, Dan. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, he's, he's definitely growing into it. He's he, he's nailed it again with his improvements being amazing. Uh, 
even now the masses are still calling for Kieran Tierney to come back. I don't know where it's coming from. Like, just let, let KTP, like, you know, he'll come back eventually. But GT3, immense. You touched on Ralston as well. And, and one of the, the biggest points is now is how exciting it will be in three months' time with Alistair Johnson. Is he going to adapt to his inverted role as good as uh, Greg Taylor has. So if we can have both those blokes firing in that in those inverted fullback roles and, and take to the, the system as well as GT has, then, you know, happy days for, for us. Yeah, you're right, though. I was even reading about that this morning, about Kieran Tierney. And, yeah, just let sleeping dogs lie a wee bit for me, Declan. Yeah, I've said before, even if he is 36 and he wants to come for another <laughs> year, um, I'll take him then. But I just think that, that what the future holds for Kieran Tierney is a completely different pathway. He's now at a club where he's not playing the game time. Uh, there's going to be teams interested, should that be his and Arsenal's decision? But I don't think, I mean, is he going to be back up to Greg Taylor if he comes back to Celtic? I mean, I don't think we need another left back, do we? No, I don't think so at this point in time. Um, I know there was a lot of chat, even going the, the summer, and some people saying, you know, oh, good, we've got a more attacking player in the door in, in Burnaby, and, you know, that, that'll be kind of it for Taylor, but Again, he's proved any of those doubters wrong at that point in time. I wasn't one of those. I thought Taylor was excellent for Celtic last season. Um, but no, BKT, I think, you know, he's been a completely different career path. He, he, he's down there. He's making a fortune of money. I think he's in about 100 grand a week down there. Um, so again, he'd need to take some hell of a wage cut to come back up the road. But, you know, whether it's another Premier League move or a move abroad, I think that's probably the, the right direction to go for, for KT at this point in time. He's a career but uh, no I, I think Greg Taylor has been you know outstanding for Celtic this season and loan may that continue because again I think he's in that category with the likes of Hatati, Maeda that he's still going to improve and get better yeah absolutely Hatati, I'll come to him in a minute that, that guy is just looking absolutely um, you know untouchable at the moment Pete McGee welcome back I'd like to claim I was 100% behind Ange right from the start I wanted him to succeed but I was starting to have doubts after the first three away losses now I'm his biggest fan and I think that's fair enough Dan I mean that's this is football you know that's fair enough and, and I think Deck touched on it earlier you know, in terms of where you were emotionally as a Celtic fan at that point, after the season we'd just encountered or suffered, um, and then getting led down the garden path to believe that we, we had somebody else in place, and that all felt to bits, and that looked like a bit of a, a kind of amateur hour, you know. Um, I think that played into a lot of the fans' minds, Dan, you know. And, I, you know, that was also, you know, a lot of people are whipped into a frenzy by media um, and people writing Ange off, but very quickly, anybody who had any doubts are definitely... Um, on the Ange train now. There's no doubt about that. But even Ange, I think, would uh, be okay with that because that's football, isn't it, Dan? Correct, yeah. And people have done their penance and, you know, the, they can love him as much as they want now. It's great. I mean, I, I do want to touch on a point that I didn't raise before is that, yes, you can never trust the board. And have they gotten a little bit lucky, all jokes aside, that they got Ange? Because it was amateur hour, it was CVs in the draw, it was the in the shower appointments, mm-hmm. and and it did come across after the Eddie Howe debacle that hold on, we've got a Manchester City link here, or my son works there. How about we get this bloke in from from Australia? So I, I understand to a degree that the frustration and any shots at the board, happy to take. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Rafa Benitez's CV in the draw and um, appointments in the shower, Declan. It seems as though we've come a long way since then, that's for sure. Uh, Michael Ross, welcome back. It was the media that dismissed Ange, not the fans. A big part of that, I remember that interview he did, it was um, after the second leg against Michelin, Declan, where, what was the word that was used? Was it catastrophic? Yeah, something like that. Catastrophic. Um, only, you know, was that his third game in charge or something catastrophic and then obviously that followed with you know I'm not on a different planet mate I, I know who hearts are um, <laughs> th- th- there's just there's been so many you know daft comments that have been you know labelled and you know league titles been over in October as well if you remember right but um, yeah. you know, I was a, yeah sat by Christmas as well you know I, yesterday was a, a year to the day since we 
with Trent Rangers 3 at Celtic Park. Obviously, the, 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 the reigning league champions at the time wanted no fans to attend the, the game, if you remember right. The place was absolutely rocking. It's probably the best 45 minutes experience I think I've ever seen watching Celtic. I was still on my feet when the third goal went in from the second goal. Um, and ever since that point, we've been top of the league. And a phenomenal start at this point in time is... Apart from the St Myrne game um, in September, we've lost one in 56 league games, which is an unbelievable form because I think we all know, you know, everybody speaks about those those three away losses, um, Hearts, Livingston uh, and Rangers um, and thinking, you know, after this, the form really needs to be perfect. It's been bang on. You, you see the stat yesterday that Celtics not lost a game at home in the league. Um, in two years mm-hmm. Angie's record's 31-128 drone free one defeat in 56 in all league games is, is absolutely outrageous um, so you know anybody that had any doubts about this has really um, been left to to you know um, eat their, their wounds absolutely yeah. Declan without a doubt I do want to talk about Kyogo I know that he's been brought up but I mean again he's one of the players that um, what he is doing at the moment is sensational and it needs to be celebrated and it needs to be highlighted because you get used to Kyogo just doing Kyogo things um, and we, we can't take him for granted I think is what I'm trying to say Marquis more slower pace controlled composure is possibly what we need from our players going into Europe next season. It's going to be interesting because, again, he brings a real level-headedness to, to proceedings, does Aaron Moy. Uh, he might not be a sprinter, but his football is not slow, mainly one touch. 100% agree with that as well. There are certain players where you know the um, lack of pace can be made up uh, for by having a great touch or the awareness to be in the right position. And I think um, Moy is certainly in that category. But I was looking at Kyogo this morning, 21 goals already, Dan, uh, 31 appearances this season. Um, I do think, not by Celtic fans especially, but I just think that, you know, sometimes I feel as though he's underappreciated. I mean, he's going for 30 goals this season, which is unbelievable. And it's no surprise, really, that we've got the other striker in Yakamakis unhappy at the lack of game time. What does he expect when you've got a guy like Kyogo up top? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, full disclosure, Kyogo 25-plus goals for the year, there may be a slight wager from myself on that. So I'm very focused on Kyogo for this season. So, nice. yeah, what Yakamakis, you know, what's he got to whinge about? Like, thanks for your service. You know, you did what you had to do in last for last season, but, mate, if you want to go... Absolute no problem. I dare say the um, the common is like I'll drive the taxi myself to the airport um, if he wants to go. So thanks for what he did. Underappreciated, but you, you can't keep up with Kyogo. What he does, his movement, his touch, his pressing, you know, could run out of superlatives for him. Uh, he's just on fire at the moment, which good. Get, get more kids wanting his jersey at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, the, the big thing for me with um, Kyogo oh, was... I do like a mug, yeah. Um, and what am I got? Then it's Liam. I've got Liam at the minute. Just yeah. waiting for that Oasis reunion, and then I'll get a new one. Oh yes. Uh, the, the thing with Kyogo is um, sometimes he, he's criticised, and I remember Ange again going back to the way Ange deals with questions, getting fired at him. He basically said, you know, he's never. He's never really dipped since he came here. And when you look at his record, um, here's a player who's now on his way to scoring 70 goals for the club. Um, it's a very small band. Declan will probably know how many players have scored over 100 for Celtic, but it's a, it's a small band, really, um, in the history of the club. And Kyogo already is kind of you know heading towards that figure, which is incredible. He's such a team player. Um, I, I think also the comment has been made that sometimes he's ahead of ahead of the game a wee bit, so sometimes he's taking up positions, players are not finding him. Um, but yeah, if he gets um, Dan a few quid on that wager, um, I will not be surprised, my man. Hopefully you've got quite a few quid on it, because it's going to come in, I'm I mean, pretty do, sure. Do you, throw, do you throw in the best striker since Larson? I don't know, it's a conversation for another day. Well, you know the thing with that, we've all in our heads got the best Celtic 11 you've ever seen. And if you've seen Larson, he's in it. Um, but then you think, who else is up there? And, and um, you know, for many, many years, I had um, somebody like Frank McAvenny was in mind because for that centenary period, he was unreal. Moussa Dembele came in and I felt he was a different level. And he got into the team. 
But then you're looking at Kyogo and you're thinking, well, if he sticks around, you know, Kyogo's going to be in the team. Carter Vickers, probably, if he sticks around for another couple of years, he'll break into that side as well. So I think it's a great debate um, to have. James Devine, I'm going to bring this in. Paul John, as I said yesterday on Twitter, I can't normally tune in live, but since the previous shout-out, my daughter Nicole is in labour with my granddaughter in the Victorian Kirkcaldy right now. James, so um, thoughts for you and yeah, once it arrives have all the, the best times that you possibly can, uh, Jim Kyogo jersey that. right away Kyogo jersey, get it done Yeah, get it in the middle name as well I was asked the other day there, Declan, about my name and who I was named after and all that and I always joke it, it, it was it was 100% uh, always joke about my, my uncle um, whose kids were Kenny and Danny Dalgleish and McGrain and okay. then the girl comes along and everybody's going, what are you going to call the girl, you know? Claire, after Brian McClare, you know? So it goes on and on and on. And although my wee boy's Paul, it's not after me, it's after next day, um, okay. although the wife might deny that. Kyogo is uh, proven to be the top striker and they've seen off Yakamakas. I've got a kind of similar view to Dan and that there are certain players, Juranovic as well, who come in and they do a very good job and we get the job done. You know, we get the, the, the league, which was a priority, but we get the job done last season. They go on with our blessing. But Yakimakis is still in the building. I was reading this morning, Declan, that perhaps it's going to look like the MLS is going to be his destination now. What do you make of all that dilly-dallying? I mean, obviously, their transfer window is open until April. Yeah, I think initially Atlanta wanted a loan deal, which is mm-hmm. why, you know, Celtic and batted it back. Um Urawa Red Diamonds were willing to pay the, the, the cash up front. I don't think Yakimakis fancied that move too much. Listen, it's a, a very different league to, to Scottish football. Um, I imagine he'll be making a hell of a lot more money when he goes to, to MLS. But uh, again, you, you don't want a situation like we were at um, when you have players in the dressing room unhappy. It's not what the manager will want. I don't think he was probably causing any real issue in there. You could see that you know when he was still coming on in games. He was put in a shift, but you know, if the player had made clear that they they weren't for hanging around, it's just time to move them on. But you know, for for Jackie Marcus's sake, I, I think we don't probably go on to win the league title last year without him. So he certainly played a big big part in that second half of the season. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting because we've obviously brought in a player, Paul, who's so much younger than him and oh, that's going to develop and hopefully get a lot better. Um, and that's that's exciting for me. And again, as I say, say there later on. Before Jackie departed, we got the replacement and we're yet to, to really see O kick on. I'm sure he'll do that once he gets his, his first goal, but he certainly looks like a player. He does. He looks like a unit as well. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Yakimakis uh, then, Dan, I mean, if if the proposed move to the MLS doesn't work out, what do you do with him? Can you, right. can you retune him? Can you get him back in the frame? Uh, has he has he done his dash really? If mm. if he's tried to force a move and wanted a higher wage or, or whatever it was, and then comes back into the fold, then it's it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth with him. Uh, I don't think with with O coming in again. I don't think there's a, there's a way back for Jackamacus. What are you, are you going to have him sitting on the bench raging still after not getting his move? Is it going to disrupt the dressing room? Is he going to be worth a ten minute cameo every every few games? But if if Kyogo's starting and then you've got O coming on, then where does Jack Macus fit in all that? Apart from taking your shirt off, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Um, I'm going to bring up another couple of points before we wrap up for this afternoon. John Bosas, uh, welcome back to the show. It's not. It's now plainly obvious that it wasn't. I like a game time that bothered Jackamakis. Um, I think Deck has already touched on that. And here's one from John Duncan. I'm going to bring this up. Uh, best since Lee Griffiths, uh, he, who was an amazing striker. He doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Well, Lee Griffiths' career as it stands at the moment, yeah, I totally get that. But there is one thing about Lee Griffiths. Um, there are very few Celtic players to have scored 40 or more goals in a season, but he is one of them. And he's up there with the following names. Now, whether or not you think he's in the same league is up to yourself, but this is a stat. He scored, obviously, 40 goals in 2015-16 under Dyla. 
Um, other players to do that are Henrik Larson, Brian McClure, Kenny Dalglish, Bobby Lennox, Jimmy McGrory, Joe McBride, Charlie Nicholas, um, and a few of them done it more than once as well. So he's in the history books, but he was last known to be in discussions with East Kilbride for a contract. So who knows where the future lies for Lee Griffiths. Um, but I'll tell you something, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on, Dan. Hopefully you can do it more regularly, my man. Um, yeah, definitely. No, thanks for having us, mate. It's been um, it's been a pleasure to to get back to talking about Celtic again. So, yeah, good times. for sure. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved. Um, you might be wondering why the Love Street top is back behind me. This is signed by Danny McGrain. And Danny, I think, scored four goals for Celtic in his entire career, uh, Declan. Not known for his goal-scoring ability, but I'll tell you what, he got quite a few assists. Um, there are, I believe, 14 tickets left for our gig with Danny. There might be a few less, but if you buy one and the ticket link is under the video, you'll go into a prize draw that will draw. Uh, maybe even if the tickets are sold out by Sunday, we'll, we'll do the prize draw on Sunday during the game. And you might win this jersey, which is an absolute cracker, one of the best jerseys we've ever had all that's left for me to say Declan McConville and uh, Dan Stevenson thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Night cheers Paul Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.